This is DJ Nice, the creator of Lonesome Pine Podcast. This story stretches from Washington, D.C. suburbs to the shadowy mountains of southwest Virginia. When Robin Dern, a Washington, D.C. reporter, is asked to help solve the mystery of a missing girl, she travels to the dark mountains of southwest Virginia. Once there, she's enveloped in a deeper and more dangerous situation than she ever imagined. The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. This is Jess Redman. I've been filling in for my friend Paul Hoffman. What you're about to hear changes everything. It's hard to believe. I don't want to believe it. But I promised Paul. I'm posting it all. I refused to rent a room at the Trail Motel, the same motel as Robin and Emma. Going down the exact same path seemed predictable, stupid even. I checked Lonesome Pine's Airbnb availability, but the closest I could find was a place 20 minutes away. So instead, I've rented a spot in an RV park. As you know, I don't have an RV with me, and management seemed a bit suspicious. But since it's homecoming weekend, the manager didn't mind taking my cash and looking the other way. I pulled up to the closest spot near the communal bathroom on the back side of the lot. It's actually not that bad. I've got a sleeping bag and my Subaru seats fold down so I can stretch out. If I lay with my head near the back, I can kind of see the sky. The stars are quite nice out here with no light pollution. This is the type of place I'd recommend to someone for a, a long weekend to go hiking and look at the natural beauty. If it weren't possibly a hellmouth. Emma Eloise Barnes is dead. She committed suicide shortly after Robin's disappearance. No note, or so it seems. No apparent reason, besides what was left on Robin's computer. Here it is again. Robin, I'm... I'm sorry. I just remembered... I just remembered, and I have to go. I'm sorry I dragged you into this. I'm sorry you came down here to help me. When the truth is, and I see this now, there is no helping me. Goodbye, Robin. What did she remember? What caused this shift? Dr. Graves had let Paul know that a small cassette case had been found on Emma's body. Seems like an odd thing to be carrying around for no reason, especially because it was empty. (sighs) I've had worse sleep. It's a little after six in the morning and the sun is just starting to peek through the limbs on the trees above. It's actually not too cool for late October, so that's some luck. Oh, and I'm still alive, so I guess the townsfolk are okay with me being here for now. I really hadn't planned on what I'm going to do next, but I don't want to waste any time. The only place that's going to be open at this hour is the Stairtop Story Cafe. Time to go talk to Millie. Come 
on in. Take a seat wherever you can find space. The cafe is exactly as Robin described. The first floor is full of used books and a few random cats pouncing after whatever moves. The stairs to the second floor sit on the other side of a stack of aging sci-fi novels marked three for a dollar and a plastic bin of even older Reader's Digests. Halfway up my climb, I heard the sounds of a bustling diner. Damn, these people get up early. What do you have, hun? Uh, what's good? Everything's good, sweetie. Where are you from? You talk funny. I'm from Des Moines originally. Currently D.C. My name is Paul. Washington, D.C. Sorry, hun. How about I treat you to the breakfast casserole? Sounds good. Coffee too, please. Sure. It may have been the same cafe, but this was not the same Millie. I expected warm and friendly, maybe a bit of sass. I heard none of the warmth from before. Upon hearing this interaction, my anxiety was replaced, just for a few moments, by sorrow. Here you go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Millie, may I speak with you? I'd love to put my feet up and chat, but I'm busy, sweetie. Got a load of people come to serve, and we got to get out of here early for homecoming. You were a lot more accommodating for Emma and Robin when they were here. Paul said he wasn't backing down, but until this moment, I wasn't sure he'd actually do it. Pastor Shannon and Dr. Graves, though powerful in their own way, don't come close to the overwhelming presence of Millie. What'd you say? My friend Robin was here a while back, and of course you know about the Barnes family. Of course I remember them. They sat right over there and recorded themselves having breakfast. Told me they were down here doing some reporting. Didn't take too long until they were spilling the beans about their real intent. You seemed eager to help Robin and Emma before. Did I? I thought I was quite tepid about it all. Told them to stop snooping, but if they couldn't help it, I'd try to take care of them. You failed. Did I? Shit. Millie's voice, the lack of empathy, was unsettling. I never expected Millie to be the person to make me really fear for Paul's safety. You seem upset. Leave. You kicking me out? Oh no, sweetie, not you. Everyone out! Me and my buddy Paul are about to have a talking. I just got my grits. You hush, Earl. I ain't even had a bottom. I said get. You ain't ever closed up shop while people are here before. Yeah, and I ain't never whooped your backside until it was raw in front of half the town, neither. I just wanted my name. And turn that sign to closed. By what I can tell, Paul sat quietly while the other patrons rhythmically marched down the stairs. After the last boot stomp sounded, it felt like an eternity until one of the two spoke. I actually thought I'd lost sound or the recording had shut off. Then, Millie. Paul, I'm worn. I feel like the tattered baseball glove of a pitcher this close to hanging up the cleats. It's early. I didn't sleep that well either. Ha, no, it's not that. I'm stretched thin from the amount of bull some people want to toss on this town. Meaning me? Meaning you, but not just you. Robin? You actually holding a grudge? Sweetie, are you accusing me of something? I'm just trying to find my friend. A noble quest. Any luck so far? I feel like I'm getting closer each moment I'm in Lonesome Pine. (laughs) That's funny. Funny? Just what you said. Getting close each moment. A lot of people feel like they discover more questions than answers when they're here. You're being a bit whimsical. Or cryptic. 
I'm not sure all about that plain speak that I hear the Appalachians are famous for. Why not tell me about yourself a little more? Maybe something about the Lonesome Pine, I don't know. You want good, old-fashioned Appalachian truth? Fine. Lonesome Pine is a proud, stable, beautiful community. We're sweet like the way God intended tea, and tougher than the coal trains that still haul that black stone up and down the country. We give our resources to those less fortunate. You ought to see Christmas time around here. And we don't bat an eye to treat people from off like one of our own. People from off. <laughs> you think you're really that accommodating? My point is, it's people like you that come down here digging through the dirty laundry that will piss me off. Of course, if you go through the hamper, you'll find soiled lawn johns everywhere. Every place has darkness. Problem is, you come here looking only for the bad. You think you'll be the beacon of honesty and truth and all-around goodness? Well, you know what? You ain't. You ain't better than us, and you never will really understand us. Teach me. What makes this place so special? What am, what am I missing? All sorts of beauty is around here. Not just the beauty of an innocent child asking for the world, or our scenic overlook that makes people's jaws gape. Nope. There's people feel like you have to go somewhere else to see real beauty, or experience real culture, or get back to nature, or whatever. But I've never felt that way. Never have. Not even for a moment. I always felt like the best of the best was here, right at my doorstep. You think this kind of devotion is healthy? You sound a little obsessed. Well, what if I am? Nothing wrong with it. Lonesome Pine. It's like those round chocolate candies sprinkled with the little white balls. They were always my favorite when I was a kid, and it wasn't just how they tasted. It was everything about getting them. You could only get them in the drugstore, which I always imagined heaven to be like. You'd open the door and hear it creak a greeting, and the wood floor would do the same, and there'd always be a few people standing around, and they'd all call me by name and call me sweetie, and I'd ask Mama for a little bag of non-perils. That's what they were, non-perils. And Mama'd always buy them, and then at some point, I asked her what that meant, and she said I'd have to ask the librarian, which I did. And she told me they meant without equal. And that's just the way I feel about Lonesome Pond. There's just no place better. That's a strong opinion. Just curious, have you ever traveled anywhere else? Not that it matters, but I take a vacation every year to Pigeon Forge with the ladies from church. Also, when I was real young, my mama and daddy took me to Lexington, Kentucky. Those places are nice, but nothing special. They're not Lonesome Pond. It doesn't sound like you're going to change your mind anytime soon. Well, I've always said if you want the best of anything, it's here in Lonesome Pond. The best food, the best friends, the best that life has to offer. But it just doesn't happen. You have to have that attitude. The one that says we're the best and we aim to keep it that way. I call this type of love home cooking. Because ain't nothing better than home cooking. Now my cafe ain't nothing fancy. But anybody who thinks fancy is good has probably got more money than sense. If you order a grilled cheese at my place, it's going to be the best grilled cheese you ever ate. Same with the french fries, same with the red dye hot dogs. You'll never get a better red dye hot dog nowhere, no matter what them pretenders over in town of Chill Howie say. So anyone who doesn't share the same opinion as you is a pretender? Not necessarily. We've had some of the most wonderful people come visit us here to take in the sights. Sometimes they're just passing through. Other times they have a once-a-year trip planned to get away from whatever mischief is chasing them. They ain't interested in looking for the dark. They're here for the light, and that's just what we bring them. 
They're not strangers, because they get it. They're friends. Hell, they're family. You think everyone here is that friendly? Friendly? We will friendly you to death. I want you to know that. Ain't nobody can whip up a genuine smile like old Millie here. And the thing is, there's nothing fake about it. I'll love you down to the very nut of your soul. I don't care how hard it is. But my toothy grin's telling you I'm going to crack it and your real self is going to come flooding out like never before. Come to Millie. Come to Lonesome Pond. Surprised that's not on the town postcard. I feel the need to warn everyone. What Paul discovered at his car may be a bit difficult for some to hear. I know I wasn't prepared, and even now I'm still shaken. Jess, I'm sitting in my car outside the cafe, and, well, I'm not really sure what just happened. I don't mean the conversation with Millie or the interruption from Sheriff McKinley. When I got back to my car, the door was unlocked, and on the driver's seat, there was an index card and a mini cassette tape. The index card has a strange drawing of that stupid tree. I can only assume it's the same design as what Robin and Emma found carved in June Barnes' old room. I'm about to play the cassette tape for the first time now. Robin, it's Willie. I just left you and Emma at the hotel, and well, I'm sure you could tell I was holding back. Emma's memory is altered. At first I thought she was just lying. As she continued to talk, I realized that she actually believes her story. She doesn't remember. Emma and her parents were all part of the Hilltop Church. They worshiped there every Sunday. I couldn't find the evidence back then, but I believe with all of my soul that she had something to do with her sister's disappearance. Look, I handed over all the tapes, but, well, there was one I couldn't quite figure out how to deliver. I had it in my jacket pocket the entire time, but I never found the right time to hand it over. I left it behind the drain pipe on the east side stairs at the hotel. Listen to it alone. Robin, be careful. Please don't contact me. (gasps) Why? I didn't mean anything by it. I'm sorry. You can run all long. Sooner or later, gotta go.